0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Remember a few years ago during the, uh, the recession around 2009, uh, the federal and Ontario governments actually collaborated on a, uh, a basically uh, an opportunity to, to give money to the auto industry. There was a great deal of concern about the future of the auto industry. Well, the uh, federal government has now written off a $1.1 billion U.S. loan to Chrysler that includes interest, according to documents. Uh, there was no detailed explanation as to why they've done this, but it has caused a great deal of angst with a number of groups up in Ottawa. Joining us to talk about this is uh, Marvin Ryder from the... Uh DeGroote School of Business, of course, business professor there at McMaster University. Good morning, Marvin. How are you doing today?
1: I'm fine, thank you, Bill.
0: Uh, This brought back memories of of watching that media conference with Stephen Harper and Dalton McGinney making this joint announcement. I mean, poor Stephen Harper, of course, who's a a guy who says, you know, no corporate welfare. Looked like he just swallowed the cat when he was doing this stuff. It was certainly not what he wanted to be doing there. But given the time and place, I think you and I talked about at the time, there wasn't a whole lot of choice here, was there?
1: No, so let, let me take you back. Remember, there was this uh, recession 2007 8 hit both Canada and the United States, hit the United States harder than it did in Canada. So, um, the, the conventional wisdom in the United States was that recession 2007 8 was the worst. Uh, economic fallback recession since the Great Depression in the 1930s. In Canada, it only lasted three quarters. It was a more typical recession. It's taken a long time to come out of it, but it wasn't the bad thing as it was in the United States. Now that's 2007-8, 2009. Two of the car companies, the General Motors and then Chrysler, both wound up in financial difficulty, uh, and they turned it to governments on both sides of the border to see if they would help with some kind of a bailout. And because the auto sector is such a large part of the Canadian economy as it is in the United States, the feeling was the government needed to come forward in some way. The total amount of money, the total amount of money that the Canadian and Ontario governments uh, uh, contributed to the bailout of both Chrysler and GM was $13.7 billion, $13.7 billion with a B, billion dollars 13700000000 with ab 1000000000 dollars um, today I can tell you that we've gotten back at least 10 billion of that. So, you know, okay, yes, there's the good news. Uh but why haven't we gotten it all back? Well, some of the money went to what we'll call the old General Motors and the old Chrysler who entered that uh, chapter 11 bankruptcy protection because in essence what they did was they they closed down the old company and created a new General Motors and a new Chrysler. And some of the money went to the new company, and some of the money went to pay to wind up the old company. Uh, in the case of General Motors, there's about $220, million, 220 million that went to old General Motors, and it was $1.1 billion that went to old Chrysler. Neither of those companies officially exist anymore. Those were closed down. And so those, those loans uh, actually stayed on the books for the better part of eight, nine years. As you said, this is a Stephen Harper a loan, and I don't quite know why the government didn't write them off earlier, because since these are old companies that don't exist anymore, there's no chance of getting those loans repaid, but I suppose what it was is you didn't want to take the hit, make things look any worse. Because the economy is getting stronger, this might be the time now finally to write them off. And that's what they've done. The the loans to the new General Motors and the new Chrysler, they've all been paid off with interest. We also got equity in the company. We sold that equity. We've gotten that money back out. But these are some of the remnants of the old companies, and and we'll never see it again.
0: And and just to, to put that back in a historical perspective, I mean, we remember the reorganization that went on, for instance, with General Motors. I mean, they killed a whole lot of product lines. Uh, shut down an awful lot of dealerships. Right. So, I mean, this is trying to get blood from a stone. There's no way this money was ever going to come back into the government. But they must have known that at the time.
1: Well, I think I think the answer was they did. Now, look, if, if it had been me personally, if it had been me personally, and I'm contributing $13.7 billion, and I know I'm not going to get back $1.7 billion, then on the remaining part, I want to generate even more of a profit to cover my loss on the part that I'm not getting back. And I think that's why a number of us uh, who Who felt maybe the governments both in Ontario and federally sold their shares, the equity portion maybe just a little fast uh, again, I get the idea that government has other priorities with the money and and uh look uh, you know my look how good the stock is doing let 's sell now and cash in, but I probably would have waited till I had recovered all of those losses and then used the stock as a way to leverage it, so that there was a net uh, uh, no no impact on taxpayers. Uh, instead, what we've got here is a very old loan. There's no chance of collecting it. Why would the government hold it on its books? It's actually being held under Industry Canada. So, uh, Industry Canada asked earlier this year if they could write it off. And this story actually first broke in uh, June, July of this year. Industry Canada just kind of in a one line statement said, Well, we've written off some loans. And of course, people wanted more information, so they did the Freedom of Information request, and they got heavily redacted versions. So you knew a loan had been written off; you knew it was a loan for a large amount of money, but who it was and what was done, what have you, it wasn't clear. And this is what's resurfaced today in the story. There's another document that's been submitted to show what the loan positions are, um, and and we think this we think this is the Chrysler loan that is gone. We're not actually sure what's happened to that GM loan of 220 million dollars. Uh, and whether that's also being written off at the same time, but uh, it's fascinating that uh, you know here's a liberal government that could try to embarrass a previous conservative government. And they've chosen not to release all those details.
0: And, and what it's done is it just according to some of the stories I've read, now it's rejuvenated and, and given new life to to this whole, I guess, ideological argument that wow, well, they should never have done this in the first place. But I mean, uh, again, had they not done this, Marvin, what would have happened to Chrysler and General Motors?
1: Well, uh, so there's two two aspects of that story. Uh, both General Motors and Chrysler were having problems getting financing in the general market space. So they needed some cash to do their restructuring, obviously a lot of cash to redo their restructuring. And traditional lenders like banks or other kind of debt companies said, Oh, I don't know. I don't like the way your company is looking. I'm not sure I'm going to loan you this money or, or give you any money at all. So they were looking for a lender of last resort, and that is often where the government has to come in and say, is that a priority for us? And, and so we could say, let the market do what it wants to, and therefore we could lose jobs, we could lose these backbone companies, or we could step in. The second aspect of this was that, of course, they went to both the Canadian and the American governments. Um, and I think this would have been a problem had... One side said yes, say Obama and his administration had said yes, but Canada didn't want to play ball. Well, wait a minute, you make the argument that the auto sector is important to both countries, and we talk about the seamlessness of cars going back and forth across the border. If only the United States had come up with cash, what does that actually mean about the importance of this sector for Canada? So I think from the beginning, if money was going to come from the government, it was going to have to come from both governments. And you might also remember at the time that Stephen Harper did the same sort of thing to the the provinces, said, well, look, I don't think all the provinces should be on the hook for this. The car industry isn't that important to Alberta or Saskatchewan. So, Ontario, are you prepared to step up to the table? And the answer was yes. So the Canadian contribution was split between the federal government and the Ontario government. The rest of it came from um, the United States. And here's another interesting postscript, Bill. You know, if this was now happening now in 2018 with the Trump administration, I honestly don't know what Mr. Trump would do under this circumstance. While he's a big believer in the free enterprise system, uh, would he would he have advanced the money? Uh, they they got a sympathetic person to Obama, someone who felt he needed to demonstrate support for the Rust Belt. Uh, I don't know how Trump would react.
0: If we had not done this, and, and as you said, if the Obama administration had come through, and, and for whatever reason... Uh, the federal government here in this country did not. Uh, was there a concern that uh, that operations would be shut down on this side of the border?
1: Absolutely. So if, if uh, I'm going to contribute money, and remember, in contributing money, it was both a combination of debt and equity, with that equity, both Canada and the United States got a seat on the board, and so uh, as the restructuring plan was going to be discussed at the board level, if only the United States would be sitting in there, then they would be saying, okay, why are we even talking about restructuring Canada? Canada didn't come to the table with any money, so shut those things down, and let's keep all those car companies uh, operating just in the United States. So by having us both there, we could watch for each other's interests and, and show that it was a joint concern. I think otherwise we could have seen quite a different restructured company emerge.
0: Well, this is a stark reminder that anytime we use that phrase, the Canadian auto industry, we're really talking about Canadian versions of the U.S. auto industry, aren't we?
1: Well, yes, uh, although, again, I'm not sure today uh, you can have one half without the other. In other words, those same American automo- automobile companies went to Donald Trump and said, please don't put tariffs. This is going to muck up the way we do business. Things flow back and forth across that border so fluidly if you start playing around with this, it's going to cause us a big problem. So in a way, it's not Canada. In a way, it's not the United States. It really is a North American auto industry, the way it's positioned today. Uh, And I would also argue, by the way, today in 2018, if we were to see the same sort of circumstances, I would expect Mexico to be at the table as well now because of the... Increased investment by those automobile companies in Mexico. I would think all three countries would be involved in any kind of a bailout.
0: Well, because Mexico basically has been uh, given the opportunity. They, they build the smaller cars now, don't they? Almost exclusively.
1: Pretty much so. That's correct. And and also the smaller cars that would then be could be sent from Mexico to other parts of the world for export purposes.
0: And and basically, well, we've seen this happen, especially with Ford. I mean, they're essentially into trucks and SUVs now. The the market in North America has really shifted in the last uh, seven eight years.
1: Well, you know, uh, the word we like to use, Bill, is is volatile. Um, When oil prices got up to $150 a barrel, as they briefly did, suddenly nobody wanted an SUV, (laughs) nobody wanted a truck, because they got such bad gas mileage, and everyone started to focus on either smaller cars or hybrid cars, cars that ran on some combination of electricity and gasoline. Then gasoline prices fell to nearly $40 a barrel, and, well, happy days are here again. We consumers can be a fickle lot, and I I've, I actually feel for the car companies to know what to build for the next year or two or five. Tell me what the oil prices are going to be, and I'd be in better shape. Even today, Bill, that's a, you know, a really open-ended question as we're watching the drama play out um, with the assassination of Khashoggi in in Turkey, uh, and the more the United States pressures Saudi Arabia, the more Saudi Arabia says back to the United States, well, how do you think you'd function with oil at $150 a barrel or $200 a barrel? You keep pushing on us, we may find a way to push back against you. And so, so it's still a very volatile market, and that's the situation car companies in. They try to build the cars that people want, but to know what they're going to want depends so much, I think, on the price of oil these days.
0: The usual critics, uh, Canadian Taxpayers Federation and some others, of course, right. have all weighed in on this news story. Uh, and I think they grudgingly say, well, yeah, the, I guess the government really didn't have any choice. But the word that they had consistently talked about here is transparency. And you just mentioned that, Marvin, that when they actually finally, uh, you know, did start to release some of the details, a lot of the stuff was redacted. Why so secretive?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question, Bill. And and also because it is a liberal government who's saying, look, I'm, I'm tidying up the books now. If, if I just make a contrast with Doug Ford in office, any opportunity he has to make fun of Kathleen Wynne and the Liberals, he does. So I'm, I'm erasing this, I'm reversing that, I'm doing something else. Here would be for the Liberals actually a little chance to put a shot across Stephen Harper's borrow and say, well, we, we have to write off this bad loan that Stephen Harper made. I, I actually am surprised they're redacting it. Now, having said all that to you, because uh, the government is dabbling in commercial business, usually there are other uh documents involved involving the privacy of business in other words um, uh in these documents there may be data that uh if I'm general motors or i'm chrysler i don't want my competitors knowing about so maybe i don't want them to know the exact amount i got or what the terms were or what other collateral I may have had or other aspects that were in these loan agreements uh and this is another uh, I guess you can call it complaint of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation that when you start playing with the private sector you actually have to play often by their rules which are quite contrary to government rules which talk about transparency and and in this situation we're playing now more by the the private sector rules which says we don't reveal all the little details cuz it will give our competitors an edge up Uh, And there's one other little footnote to this, too, Bill. Um, Ford never asked for money 10 years ago. Ford had done all the restructuring, painful restructuring, but on its own in advance of that slump. So when the slump happened, they were in a good position. I've often thought Ford uh, must be going to both governments occasionally and saying, well, you know, we didn't ask you for money then, but how about... How about helping us as we rebuild the Oakville factory or as we do something in in Oshawa? Maybe you could find your way. Because it's really interesting. was only two of the three companies that got money. Ford never got a dollar from the Canadian or the U.S. government.
0: Are they in a situation right now where they have to have their hand out?
1: Well, I don't, think, I don't think they have to have their hand out, but I think, again, they like to remind them, well, we never came to you for big money there, so now can you find it in your heart to give us $20 million to help us rebuild Oakville in comparison to the kind of money that they're on the hook for in, in um, Chrysler and General Motors' case? It doesn't seem like very much, and I'm sure, again, if I'm Ford, I use that to my advantage.
0: Marvin Ryder at the DeGroote School of Business. Marvin, thanks as always. Really appreciate the time.
1: My pleasure, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900-CHML.